0: Let's get into the word for a few more moments tonight. You bring a Bible with you. Let's continue to behold him. Thank you, Anthony. I'd like for you to put um, John chapter 14, verse 21 on the screen for us, please. I want us all to look at that together. John chapter 14, verse 21. While they're putting that up there for us, I want to remind you what 1 John chapter 3 says. How does it start? What word? Does anybody remember? Remember? Behold what manner of love. Get your eyes onto love. Get your eyes off of yourself. Get your eyes off the situation, the circumstance, and get your eyes over onto. The love of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has so freely bestowed on us. It's the Weiss translation that says, Behold what exotic, foreign to the human heart kind of love the Father has given to us. Foreign to the human heart. What kind of love is common to the human heart? You love me, so I'll love you. If you don't, I won't. That's what man knew that's what the human condition was i'm as willing to do for you as you are willing to do for me and when man was abiding by those old rules there was a punishment for the breaking of the rule there was a punishment for when man messed up you mess up you pay the price But then mercy and grace and the God kind of love shows up and says, I'm changing all the rules, y'all. And the new rule is, you mess up, I paid the price. That's a new rule. Now, you need to get your eyes off of the old self-imposed rules that you can't perform, even though you've tried blood, sweat, and tears, and you get your eyes off of that, and you put your eyes on this new royal commandment of love to be a giver of the love that you have first received. Quit requiring yourself to walk in love with people. Didn't Jesus require that? Yes, but if you are dependent on you to walk in love, you're about to be the biggest jerk to somebody you have ever been in your entire life. Why? Because you're trying to pull some love that is only given out of the spirit, and you're trying to pull it out of the flesh, and you can't do it. I would be nice today, I'm going to be nice to her today. I'm going to be nice. I better not use that. Um, You pick somebody at work. I'm going to be nice to them today. We've we've had a rough go of it, but I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. You're you're getting ready in the mirror. You're doing your hair. You're putting your clothes on. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. Walk in love, walk in love, walk in love, walk in love, walk in love. And you get there, and they say just one little thing, and you snap, and you break. And guess what's waiting for you just on the other side of those words that you let fly? Condemnation and guilt and shame. Why? Because you were depending on you to walk in love. You were trying, check this out, you were trying to give something that you didn't have. How can you be a giver of love if you have not first received love? Huh? Come on, don't let down. We're at a high place right now, folks. We have just experienced the presence of God and the manifestation of Jesus. Let that just spill right over into our time in the Word tonight. Be a beholder of that love. Somebody's given you pressure at work. Somebody's given you problems. You know, what you, would, you know what you do? Exalt Jesus. Exalt Jesus. They may not love me, but my Jesus does. They may not love me, but my Father does. Amen? Behold what manner of love. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 21. Let's look at that together. I want us all to see this. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and, it doesn't end there, I will love him and will show, this is the amplified, will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. Look at what it says, I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. That is a manifestation of Jesus and that is what you and I both require in our lives. If we're going to go where God calls us to do, do uh, go where he calls us to go, do what he's called us to, to do and be the people he's created us to be, it requires a manifestation of Jesus in our lives. Well yeah, I wish Jesus would show up, wouldn't that make things easier? Wouldn't that make things great? If you are sensing a a lack of a manifestation of Jesus, do you know what you need to do? Go put that verse, connect it back to where it belongs. I will love him and manifest myself in. What you require is a revelation of how much you are loved. Isn't that what that said? I will show and reveal myself. That's what light does. Light reveals things. You walk into a dark room and you're looking for something. And you turn on the light and there it sits. Did the light put it there? No. The light just showed you what was already there. That's what the light of revelation does. When you were born again and you made Jesus the Lord of, li- Lord of your life, He put inside you perfection, completeness, He put his own DNA in you. You became a new creation, a new creature. And that was put on the inside of you. Now, in that moment in time, did you know all that? Did you understand all that? No, you're growing into that. You're walking into that. That's why the Bible says, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transform means to put on an outward appearance that is reflective of the inward condition. The opposite of that, he said, was do not be conformed. The word conformed means to put on an outward appearance that does not reflect the inward condition. Transformation is just the opposite. It's the inward condition producing the outward. Are you with me? Revelation just shows you what was there all along. When the light comes on, you see Jesus. And he's been there all along. You see who you are in him. You have been that individual all along amen this is what we are after a manifestation of the presence of jesus in our lives and you identify you begin to identify what a manifestation of jesus is the glory of god is a manifestation of jesus healing in your body is a manifestation of jesus the answer to your question a pressing question that has bothered you for year after year after year a manifestation of that wisdom and that answer is a manifestation of of jesus a manifestation of grace is a manifestation of jesus jesus is the grace of god towards us amen come on in here get in this with me it's going to be good are you expecting something tonight need you expecting something i want us to put um first samuel chapter 2 verse 30 on the screen. But guys, if you can just put the last part, I'm not sure what kind of control you have over that thing back there, but 1 Samuel chapter 2, I want to draw your attention to the very last part of verse 30. Look at this. This is perfect. For those, this is God speaking, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me, shall be lightly esteemed. I want you to leave this up here for a little while. Those who honor me, what does he say I will do in response to that? I will honor. Now this has everything to do with where we're going tonight. But when you have been honored by God, Folks, it's one thing for me to pull you up here in front of a bunch of people and say, look at the great job they did. They did just such a wonderful thing do, job putting all this together, and, and let's give them a round of applause. That's great. That's wonderful. We should acknowledge each other and the great things that, that God is doing through us, and that's great. But there's only so much honor that man can give to man. When you've been honored by God, baby, you feel that. You feel that all over you. When God shows up, like we spoke about earlier, he shows up in your life and says, thank you. He doesn't just do it with words. His words produce stuff. He doesn't just say the word light. When he says the word light, light happens. Amen? And when God shows up in your life and he honors you, you know it. There is no wondering about it. There is no guessing. He said, those who honor me, I will honor. Now, let me apply this to a New Testament, uh, 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 the way you and I are living this right now. Never, never before in all of human history, past, present or future, has the human race been honored the way it was when God sent Jesus. He, he honored the very atmosphere of earth by putting on skin and walking around as a man. He honored us. The presence of Jesus was God honoring this earth. The human race, all of mankind, was honored by the very presence of the word of God made flesh. We were honored. All of mankind before the arrival of Jesus. All of mankind at the arrival of Jesus. And all of mankind since the arrival of Jesus. All at once, he honored all of us. He honored all of us for all of eternity in both directions. Are you with me on this? You understand what I'm saying? We have been honored say amen if you believe that now this verse I want you to see it again those who honor me I will honor those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed this one verse more than any other that I can think of right now I could apply this verse right here this one sentence to every single individual on the planet every person on the planet is fulfilling one side of this verse or the other. Come on, get in here with me, folks. Do you agree with what I'm saying? You understand this? Every person right now on this planet is fulfilling this verse on one side or the other. Jesus, the manifestation of Jesus in the flesh was God honoring us. I want to look tonight in the Word of God at people who received from Jesus as a result of this honor, we've been talking for the last, for, since, since last night and all, all today. If you remember, I mentioned this to you everything in your life is a response. I want to expound on, the, on that a little bit tonight. Everything in your life is a response. You are right now living in an ongoing conversation with either God and His Word or the world around you. But either way, you're responding to something, to someone, somewhere. You're not making anything up. Every word out of your mouth, every thought is in response to something else, right? Your life is a response. We talk about believing. We are believers. We are believers. And we use that word, and oftentimes we use it right, but sometimes if you're not watchful, it'll creep over into a place where you use it inappropriately because believing itself, the very act of believing itself is a response. Believing is a response what are you responding to every time a word is spoken you have a choice to either believe it or not believe it but that's what believing is it's a choice in how you're going to respond to the word that's spoken are you with me what if this room was nearly completely empty and pastor Nate was sitting right here on the corner where he's sitting now but none of this was going on None of these lights were on. It was just a normal day. And he's sitting here, and he's not saying anything. He's just sitting there, maybe reading or being quiet. And I come busting in that back door. I march right up to this front row. I slap Nate on the back, and I say, Nate, I believe that. Why does that sound funny? Why does he look at me the way he looked at me just then? Why is that inappropriate and out of place? Huh? He didn't say anything. There's nothing. He's not given me anything to respond to. And for me to believe when there's not been given anything to believe, we're dangerously close to living in that dream world sometimes. I'm believing for this, and I'm believing for that, and I'm believing this person's going to do this, and I believe God's going to do this, and God's going to do that, and I just believe. I'm believing this, and I'm believing that, and would you believe with me? Believe with me. Believe with me. Well, somebody comes to me and says, believe with me, Brother Jeremy, on this. You know what my first question is? All right, based on what? What word are we basing our belief on? If you can take me to a word in this book, baby, I'm with you. I am with you. If you can take me to a word that you have received from the witness of the Spirit that lines up with this book, I am with you. But if we're basing our belief on nothing, then it's not belief. If you're not believing in response to the word you're not believing you may think you are you want to know what that is it's make believe you are having to make yourself believe something that wasn't spoken believing is a response you and i our lives should be lived right here in the middle of this ongoing conversation There is an ongoing conversation that God began with man when he sent Jesus and Jesus arrived in the flesh. And the scripture tells us that grace and truth came through Jesus. There's something I want you to grab tonight that's going to help us with this. God who is love gave you Jesus who is grace and you put your faith in him and he became your hope for a future. Can you see these things working together? God, who is love, started this conversation with us by giving us Jesus, who is grace, and you put your faith in Him, and He became your hope for a future. Hope means expectation. The only person on this planet who has any right or reason to have a hope or an expectation of good is the born-again believer. All other hope is wishing. If it's not based If it doesn't stand on the platform of faith it's not hope there are two platforms that every life is built on it is either the platform of fear that yields an expectation called worry or it's the platform of faith that yields an expectation called hope the life built on fear is constantly worried this is not going to turn out in my favor The life built on the platform of faith is constantly expectant. This is going to work together for me because I love God and he loves me and I'm called according to his purpose. That's hope. God who is love gave you Jesus who is grace. You put your faith in him. He became your hope for a future. God began a conversation with man. And our lives are to be lived right there in this ongoing conversation between grace and faith. There is an ongoing conversation between grace and faith. My little boy is two years old. And right now, it's almost daily now, there are, there are words, almost, almost words. You know what I mean by that? They're not words, they're almost words. They're sounds mixed with nearly recognizable syllables and things like that. And, and, and we're getting there. We're getting there. there uh, tonight, he, he, he was at the pastor's house, and he put Play-Doh in a thing, and he pushed the lever down, and it spit Play-Doh out, and he goes, I did it. <laughs> it was so cute. It was really cute. But you know what? Here's the strange thing about justice. When he was born, he spoke no English. For months. For months, that child spoke literally no English I didn't understand a thing in the world that kid said a lot of it was just cries and squeals and squeaks and grunts I never understood a thing that kid said for months at a time and for a new parent that can tend to be frustrating it's just like just tell me what you want just tell me what I can do for you it's three thirty in the morning just tell me what you want no English this child spoke, he just refused to speak any English whatsoever. Until one day, one day we're sitting in the kitchen and Sarah is feeding Justice and he's in his high chair like we've done day after day after day and out of the clear blue nowhere. You want to know what that kid said? Dada. Changed my life forever. <laughs> that boy said, dada. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I threw my hands in the air, and I said, yes, I win. I win. <laughs> Say it again, baby. Say it again. Say it again. Da-da, 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 And it just, it, it was a feeling I have never felt before or since. My little boy said, da-da. And you know what? I didn't even care that everything was da-da. I didn't even care. I didn't care that mama was da-da that I was da-da, that inanimate objects were da-da. Everything was da-da, da-da-da, 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 da-da, 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 da-da. You know what I said? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. And it wasn't long after that that Sarah and I were on a walk together, and the Lord began to speak to me. Not, not out here, not something I could hear with these ears, but just down on the inside. He said, you want to know why that pleases you so much? He said, it's because your son is learning to speak your language. Your son is learning to speak your language. That's why it pleases you. And the moment he said that word pleases, my heart ran to Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. When you and I learn to enter into this conversation between grace and faith, grace is what God has said to us through Jesus. Faith is our response to that. What is faith? It is the only appropriate response to grace. That's what faith is. Faith is the only appropriate response to grace. And it's the only language that our father speaks when you are speaking faith you are speaking his language and it's the only language he speaks and it's the only language he understands So when you go to him and you're begging and crying and begging and crying and begging louder and crying harder, thinking, why isn't this working? I know what I'll do. I'll cry yet even louder and harder. You know what it sounds like to him? The same thing it sounded like to me just those first few months after justice was born. You're speaking some other language. Our God does not speak fear. He doesn't speak worry. He doesn't speak doubt. He speaks faith. And if all you know to do is call out Dada, that means you got a revelation that he is not just some God out there, he is your father. And that is enough to get him at work in your life. To live in the middle of this ongoing conversation between grace and faith. Now don't forget where we started with this. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. You and I are living on one side of that verse or the other. Go with me now to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5. You with me so far? You get anything out of this? All right. A manifestation of Jesus is a manifestation of the grace of God. Mark, chapter 5. I want to begin reading in verse... Oh, let's begin in verse... 21, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, great name for conference, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, when he saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus, what was his response? He fell at his feet. This is important tonight. He fell at the feet of Jesus. Now, just just get an understanding of who it is who's falling in the dirt at the feet of Jesus. This is Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. This is somebody in this town. This is somebody that people know. This is somebody that people recognize. And he is not only somebody people know and recognize, he's involved in the religious community. He's a ruler of the synagogue, which means the people he works with and or works for are the religious leaders of the day and also not exactly members of the Jesus Christ fan club. Probably most of the people he knows and associates with hate Jesus. But why did he fall at the feet of Jesus when he saw him? Verse 23, he begged him earnestly. I like Matthew's translation of this better. It says he worshiped him he worshiped him and he said my little daughter lies at the point of death come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live grace had been manifest jesus is grace remember this god is love god who is love gave you jesus who is grace jesus is grace and grace showed back up in town grace stepped off that boat on the dry land And when Jairus saw grace, he fell at the feet of grace, and he worshiped grace, and he said to grace. See, this conversation got started when God gave us Jesus, and Jairus is about to enter into the conversation between grace and faith. And Jairus said to Grace, my little daughter lies at the point of death, but if you come and lay your hands on her, she will live. Faith has spoken. Grace spoke when he gave us Jesus. And now faith is speaking in response to grace. The first few words of Mark chapter 5, verse 24 are some of my favorite in the entire Bible. You know what it says in response to that? So Jesus went with him. I love it. I love it. What happens? Grace showed up. Faith responded. Grace has responded to faith. Jairus has just found himself caught up in the conversation between grace and faith. But let me draw your attention back to this. Where did that conversation begin? When Jairus fell at the feet of Jesus. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who honor me, I will honor. Jairus was in need of a manifestation of Jesus in his family and the life of his daughter. And Jesus says, "Those who honor me, I will honor." Jairus did not take this place far removed. He did not esteem his position in this community higher than the position of Jesus. What did he do? When he saw him? When he beheld him, he ran to him, he fought his way through that crowd, and he fell at his feet. Folks, that's a place of honor. That's a place of honor at the feet of Jesus. Jesus went with him. Verse 25, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, When she heard, everything in your life is a response to what you hear. She heard something and she's about to respond. For over a decade, this woman has been hearing incurable, 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 but then she heard something else. Jesus is in town. Grace has come to town. And in response to that grace, She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said. Am I being too dramatic about this? This just gets all over me every time I read this. She fell at the feet of grace. She heard grace was there, and in response to the grace, she came behind him in the crowd, reached out, grabbed his garment, and she said, this woman is about to get caught up in the conversation between grace and faith. And it is going to leave her changed forever. She said, if I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? But, uh, excuse me, verse 32, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. This woman finds herself in the exact same place that Jairus found himself not but a few moments ago. She found herself in this place of honor. She needed a manifestation of Jesus in her life. Did she get it? Did she get it? She got a manifestation of Jesus. How did she get it? She honored him. She honored him by responding to the grace. It honors Jesus when you respond to the grace. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. She found herself caught up in this conversation between grace and and faith. Now this story goes on and you know the rest of this story. Jesus is standing there talking to this woman and meanwhile this servant from Jairus house comes and says, your daughter's dead, why trouble the teacher any further? The teacher. The teacher. Folks, Jesus was a teacher, but is that all he was? No. See, Jairus saw him. This guy saw him, but he didn't see him. Jairus saw my healer. This servant saw a teacher. And when Jesus heard what that servant said, he turned around to Jairus, and in my mind, he grabbed him by his clothes, and he pulled him into his face, and he got eye to eye with him. And this is the first recorded words we have that Jesus said to Jairus. He said, do not be afraid, only believe. Watch this. Two choices in response. Fear is the response to the bad news. Belief is a response to Jesus. You know what Jesus is saying? don't respond to that, respond to me. Don't respond to that, respond to me. I can do what you came to get me to do, but you're gonna to have to respond to me and quit responding to that, amen? And of course, you know the rest of the story. Jesus went to the man's house. There was a bunch of people weeping and wailing, and Jesus said, why are you crying? She's not dead, she's asleep. And they began to ridicule him, a wrong response. Wrong response. And you know what Jesus did? The very next verse says, after he put them all outside. That's my Jesus, man. That is my Jesus. He put everybody outside. And the only ones he kept in there were the parents of the child and a couple of his disciples. In other words, if you ain't going to get in this with me, go wait outside. And folks, you're going to have to learn to do that. You got somebody in your life that is unwilling to get in the middle of this conversation between grace and faith with you. You just very politely say, can you wait outside until I see a manifestation of Jesus? And then you see it, then you can get in this conversation with me. But until then, I'm sorry, but shut up. That last part is up to you. You don't have to say that. <laughs> you just be led, just be led, just be led. But you're going to have to come to the place where you learn to shut the door on any voice that is not in response to grace. Those who honor me, I will honor. All those people weeping and wailing at J. Iris' house, who was that? Probably family, probably friends, people in the community that know him. And you just brought in this stranger who's kicking us out? Don't you know every single one of those people looked at Jairus and said, you're going to let him talk to us like that? What did Jairus do? Uh, Yeah, y'all get out. You can come back in when she gets up. (laughs) He responded to Jesus. And it was his honoring Jesus that made way for a manifestation of Jesus. And Jesus said to that little girl, arise. And she got up. How many of you know that when a dead person starts breathing again and stands up and walks, that's a manifestation of Jesus? Amen? And that's what this man saw. Let's keep going. Let me show you somebody else. Go with me to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Can you take just a little more of this? Luke chapter 7. Let's begin in verse 36. This one's cool because we are going to see both sides of 1 Samuel 2 fulfilled in one story. We're going to see both sides of that. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. you see it, both sides of it right here. Luke seven thirty six. then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And when he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat and behold, a great name for a conference, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster fla- uh, flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him. So you get a picture here. Jesus is reclining at this table as was the custom in that day. He's reclining at this table and his feet are out behind him. This woman has just interrupted this dinner. More than likely, they're sitting out in the courtyard that belonged to this Pharisee. And when the the season permitted, these high-ranking officials would invite other people over to their house that had some public notoriety. They would invite them to their house and they would have dinner in this public courtyard where everybody could come and just listen and the idea basically was we'll allow our words to fall upon your ears. That's basically the idea of this. So it's not really strange that this woman is here. She's not just randomly in this Pharisee's house. She's she's watching. But when she knew Jesus sat that when she knew Jesus sat there, she took another step. She went from watching to walking and walked right up to the men, but instead of interrupting the conversation, where'd she go? straight to his feet. She went straight to his feet. Somebody tell me what that is. That is a place of honor. She went straight to the feet of Jesus and began to wash his feet with her tears, wiped them with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man if he were a prophet would know Who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him? For she is a sinner. And Jesus answered uh, and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, in complete view of Jesus, say it. Jesus said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman. Then grace turned to the woman and grace said to Simon, he said, do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. And you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. What's he talking about? It was customary. It was just just customary. I'll say it like this. It was just polite in that day and time. If you were somebody coming into somebody else's house, it was just the nice thing to do. Everybody did it for everybody. When when a a, a neighbor or somebody comes into your house, you do three things. You, You give them water for their feet. Folks, there's not paved roads back then. It's dirty. Everywhere they go is dirty. And they're walking everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. So their feet are dirty. The nice thing to do is say, here, wash your feet. It was just customary to greet them with a kiss. Just, just the nice thing to do. It was customary to, to anoint their head with fragrant oil. It was just the nice thing to do. I was just, I don't, we don't do it now, and I'm not suggesting we bring that back. I, it could be awkward. <laughs> But in this day and time, now I want you to understand what Jesus was saying. You've got two people, both of them fulfilling 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Jesus said, this woman has not stopped washing my feet, has not stopped kissing my feet, and besides that, she poured an expensive box of fragrant oil all over my feet. You didn't do any of this stuff. And what does grace say to the woman? Verse 47, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. John chapter 14, verse 21, He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. She loves much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then grace said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Isn't that what grace says? Isn't that what grace says? You're forgiven. He turned to her and said, you are forgiven. God began a conversation with her by putting Jesus in her midst. She responded to it by running to the feet of Jesus, this place of honor, giving him honor above this Pharisee, giving him honor above the opinions of other people. This woman is a prostitute and everybody in that crowd knows it. But does she care? No, she's found grace. She has found grace, and she ran to the feet of grace, and grace responded, and he said, your sins are forgiven, and then he said in verse 50 to the woman, grace said to her, your faith has saved you. Jesus called what she did faith. He called it faith. In Mark chapter 3, let's just turn there real quick. You can handle this, right? You getting anything out of this yet? Mark chapter 3. Let's look at what happens on the other side of this. I'll tell you what, hold your place in Mark 3. We'll come back to it. Go back to the book of Luke and look at chapter 10. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Turn faster. Luke chapter 10. Let me read this to you first of all out of the New King James. Verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat, where? At Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? Uh Uh-oh. What have we already discovered about this very dangerous statement and making this statement to Jesus. Do you not care? Folks, you can ask him a lot of things, but don't start asking him whether or not he cares. Don't start asking, not after all he's done, not after the price he's paid, not after the way he has saved you, and saved you, and saved you, and saved you, and saved you, and, saved you and bailed you out over and over. Don't, just don't do it. You can ask him a lot of stuff. Just don't say, do you love me? Just turn that around, and you just say it by faith. You. You love me. You love me. You love me. You love me. You go pick a flower and you say, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And you pick it all the way down into that last one. And what's it going to be? Oh, he loves me. Just don't question whether or not he loves you. Do you notice it said she got distracted with much serving? For those of you who are in our service this morning, we talked a little bit about this, what it is to be distracted. To be distracted is to temporarily place. Something at a higher place of value than what really belongs in that first place. And if Jesus is sitting out there, you got to understand something. Two meals were being served that day in the same house. Martha was serving one, and Jesus was serving the other one. Which of those meals is more important? The one Jesus was cooking. The one Jesus was serving. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and in response to that, she came and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Who's she talking to? Who is she talking to? Listen to this. I want to put this on the screen. This is the same verse out of the Wiest translation. I love this translation of the Bible. Let's put that up there. Uh, Luke 10, I think it's verse 40. Let's look at this. Look at that. But Martha was going around in circles, over-occupied with preparing the meal. Check this out. This This is a study of what the Greek language was saying. And bursting in upon Jesus, she assumed a stance over him. You got Mary at his feet and Martha above him. One of these things does not belong. One of these things is misplaced. A assumed a stance over him and said, Lord, is it not a concern to you that my sister has let me down to be preparing the meal alone? Speak therefore to her at once that she should take hold and do her part with me. She, bursting in upon Jesus, those who honor me I will honor. Those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Do you know what it is to interrupt somebody? besides just rude let me just pause here a second i can't stand when somebody comes up to you and interrupts and says i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt but it's like yeah you do that's what you did (laughs) okay i'll leave that alone (laughs) martha had the audacity to interrupt jesus he was in the middle of talking He was in the middle of serving this meal, the meal of the words of grace himself. And she has the audacity to burst in and take a stance above him, over him. Does she belong there? No. And she said, don't you care? Don't you care? I love what Jesus said to her. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part. Now, I want you to notice what he adds to this. She has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Mary sat at the place giving Jesus the highest honor. And because of that, she chose to dine on his words rather than to dine on Martha's meal. She chose, chose to feast on grace himself by giving him that place of honor, responded to the presence of grace in her home by taking her place at his feet. And Jesus said, she's chosen the right thing and it won't be taken from her. Remember the Bible tells us, Jesus said that uh, he was talking about the different kinds of ground that the seed got sown on. He said some seed got sown, I believe it was on the wayside. And the example there was uh, somebody who heard the word and didn't understand it, He said, Satan comes immediately to steal the word. The wayside is that hard-packed ground that the seed can't penetrate. It was road. It was literally the road that people and animals would walk on. And seed can't get down there. And when the seed falls there, the birds come and devour it. And Jesus said, that's like somebody's heart who is hard and packed. They don't understand the word that was sown. In other words, it didn't penetrate into their understanding. Satan comes immediately to take it. But that word understanding means a lot more than, hey, I get it. Understanding means you grasp the meaning, the nature, and the value of something. That's what the word understanding means. When you understand how valuable the words of Jesus are, how precious and valuable and how much they are to be honored, and you give them their proper and appropriate place of honor, and you do it by faith, Jesus said whatever you receive cannot be stolen from you. Are you understanding this? Taking this place of honor, you'll receive things from him that Satan can't touch. You will receive things from Jesus that are untouchable by Satan and all of hell itself. Just simply by giving the word its place of honor. Giving the word made flesh his place of honor. How do we honor grace? By responding in faith. By responding in faith. All right, quickly, musicians, you guys, come on up. Mark chapter 3, begin to wrap it up with this. I want to show you the other side of this. Let me show you how Jesus feels about the other side. Mark chapter 3, verse 1. I know this is a lot of word. Can you handle this much scripture tonight? We're looking at a lot of verses. Yeah, okay, get over it. We'll be all right. You didn't come to hear me, did you? We came to hear him. I can't say it better than he did, so let's just read what he said. Mark chapter 3, verse 1, and he entered the synagogue again, Jesus, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. So grace says to the man who needs a manifestation of Jesus, grace says, step forward. Then grace said to them, the religious leaders and Pharisees, is it awful On the Sabbath to do good or to do evil to save life or to kill notice what it says but they kept silent folks grace had spoken grace looked these men in the eye and asked them a question but they kept silent what's that mean no response you see this they didn't respond to grace Look at Jesus' response to that. When he had looked around at them with anger. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about love himself. Someone you might think, he's not even capable of anger. Evidently he is. He looked at them with anger and being grieved by the hardness of of their heart how did he know their hearts were hard no response no response there is no greater lack of respect and lack of honor to look somebody in the eye that has just spoken to them spoken to you and treat them as though they said nothing at all that's one of the greatest Demonstrations of dishonor, no respect. Think about it. How'd that make you feel? You walk up to somebody and you ask a question. It's just the two of you standing there. You look them in the eye and you just ask them a question and they just look back at you like this. No response. You know what they're saying? Your words aren't even worthy to fall on my ears. That was their response to Jesus. No greater display of dishonor. And it made him mad. It angered him. And it grieved him at the hardness of their heart. But then Grace turned and said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. had a manifestation of jesus right there let me ask you something what would have happened had grace said stretched out your hand and that man didn't respond would he have had a manifestation of jesus no he would not this is serious all he's asking us to do is take our place at the feet of jesus give him the honor he deserves Exalt Him and elevate Him above every, every other voice. Give His voice the highest place in your hearing. And when you hear Him speak, respond. Let's honor Jesus. Let's honor Jesus by giving Him the first word and the last word and every word in between. Let's honor Jesus. Because those who honor Him will be honored. Those who despise him will be lightly esteemed. Jesus showed up in his own hometown. Grace had come back to town. This is just a few chapters later. Grace came back to town. And all these people looked at him. And it says they were offended at him. They're all looking at him going, we know you. What are you talking about anointed? We know you. You grew up over here what's the problem they saw they saw him but they didn't see him says they were offended at him you remember what Jesus said about it he said a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own hometown and the very next verse says he could there do no mighty works there was no manifestation of Jesus where there was no honor for Jesus they responded but not appropriately the only appropriate response to grace is faith welcome home Jesus welcome home do your work do what grace has come to do save heal Deliver, set free, have your free reign. We set aside our agenda. We elevate your words. We take our place at your feet. I think it'd be good for us to do that right now. Let's take our place at the feet of Jesus. If you want to get down on the ground, get down on the ground. You want to stand and worship Him, stand and worship. But do in your heart, you come boldly to the feet of Jesus. Make your response right now to grace. What grace has done, what grace has said, respond to it. Don't keep silent anymore. To tolerate sickness in your body when grace has already spoken is to look at Jesus as though He hasn't said anything. Folks, Jesus came to save and to live this life Without experiencing that salvation is to treat Jesus as though he said and did nothing. Your salvation is just simply a response to grace. With every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anyone in here tonight that's never been born again? You've heard it talked about. You may have heard family members talk about it, but you've never experienced it for yourself. Making Jesus the Lord of your life. If you never have, do it tonight. Respond to grace right now. Is there anybody that would say, I'm still a sinner. I have never accepted Jesus. Do this for me. Boldly raise your hand. If that's you, if there's anybody in here that's never been born again, raise your hand up high. Let us pray with you. Just respond to this grace and get your life changed is there anybody at all thank you Lord then let's all do this together let's respond to this grace right now by saying this my God in heaven my God and my father my God who is love thank you for giving me Jesus Jesus who is grace I put my faith in him I put my faith in His blood. I put my faith in His cleansing power. I put my faith in His ability to save. Come on, guys, say it with boldness. I put my faith in His will to save. Jesus, take my life. I confess You as Lord. I believe in my heart. I respond to God. I believe His Word. I believe you are who His Word says you are. And I confess with my mouth. I say the same thing about you that the Father says about you. And if He calls you Lord, I call you Lord. You are my Savior. You are my healer. You are my deliverer, and I am free from sin. It holds no power over me. I am not a slave to sin, but I serve you and your righteousness and your holiness. Thank you for making me righteous. Thank you for calling me holy. I receive it. I respond to it. I give you place in my life. And I come to your feet, Lord Jesus. This is where I belong. This is my place. I give you this honor above any other. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.